Hello, and welcome to the 17th publicly released episode of 33 and a Third, Under 45. This show is a collection of personal essays written by me, Ryan Lynch, each based around an album that I've had on repeat. For the next couple weeks, I'm releasing previous episodes that are originally available exclusively on Patreon. This is the last month, so come June, there'll be new stuff. This episode was originally written on October 15th, 2019. For up-to-date news, episodes, and columns, follow me on Twitter at StoopKidLivesOn or go to FranzRadio.com. Or you can follow my band Premium Heart at PremiumHeartNY on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or search for Premium Heart on YouTube to stay up to date on future shows and releases. I don't really have anything special to plug or anything this week. Just uh, stay home and stay safe. And just be nice. That's it. Thanks. What kind of soundtrack keeps us inspired in a cynical world? I'm Ryan Lynch, and this is 33 and a Third, Under 45. It's always been really hard for me to feel like I truly belong. I always get close, but I always feel like I'm just outside the core people who deserve their place in the inner circle. Lately, I've really been trying to take that big jump into the deep end and stop feeling like an awkward observer, but own my role as a central figure in my own passions. And one of the things that really helped me refocus my efforts is one of my favorite albums from the mid-2000s, Angels and Airwaves' 2006 debut, We Don't Need to Whisper. Blink-182 is the first band I ever really loved. The first CD I ever bought, the reason I bought a bass, the first songs I ever taught myself, the reason I started my first band. There are plenty of pictures, videos, and recordings of me at 14 playing Blink songs with my friends. Hello there, the angel from my nightmare, shadow in the background of the morn, the unsuspecting victim. Plenty of people fell in love with Blink in the 90s and 2000s, so this isn't all that rare of a sentiment. But even among Blink fans, there's a lot of camps you can fall into. Those who consider them a punk band, those who call them pop, and the in-betweens. Scott or Travis? Is the Skiba stuff really Blink? Plus 44 or Angels? It goes on and on. But none are more pressing than the debate I hear more than any other. Mark or Tom? For those who don't know, Mark Hoppus is the bass player and one of the singers, and Tom DeLonge is the guitarist and the other singer. 
Tom's the one with the voice. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. And all that. I will always love them both, but despite citing Mark as the reason I play bass, and for what it's worth, I do crib a lot of his fifth bass melodies and chord structures, I've pretty much always been firmly in Camp Tom, and boy oh boy have I gotten a lot of shit for it. How much that contributed to my feelings that I was always just a little bit of an outsider, I don't know, but it certainly didn't help. In 2005, when Blink broke up, everyone blamed Tom, and then when Angels and Airwaves debuted, it was pretty divisive. It sounds nothing like Blink, even with Tom's voice fronting the record. It's got these long, atmosphere-building songs, U2-inspired guitar sounds, lofty lyrics on war and grandiose takes on love. Tom took a whole lot of chances when he reinvented himself this way, and not everyone liked it. But man, I ate that shit up. At 15, We Don't Need to Whisper was a permanent fixture in my stereo, and quite a few of the songs made it into my band's setlist. That June, I saw them with Taken Back Sunday, and hearing Tom play the verses of Down by himself was the first time I ever cried at a concert. It was truly a defining moment for my teenage years. Even then, I still had this tinge of outsider. After the Angels set, people in our section, as well as the whole Coliseum, stormed the floor to hop the wall and get on the floor. And I couldn't. I just kept thinking, wow, those people are so cool. I can never do anything like that. Those are real punks. If I did that, they would just think I'm some poser. And this was a pretty common feeling for me, and to be honest, still is. Fast forward a little over a decade, and I'm married to a girl who was also at that show and actually did jump over that guardrail. And she even had the same poster in her bedroom that I did, a very dramatic Angels poster from the liner notes of Whisper. But my struggles with this kind of thing needed more than just the coolest girl I ever met to tell me I wasn't a loser, though that helped. Recently, I've had a lot of small moments really stand out as validating that the less uniformly popular things I liked and chances I took were the right ones. When a lot of my friends were full-on mocking Tom's new super serious band, I was hyping up the record and burning copies for everyone. Just last month, an old friend I haven't spoken to in years reached out, thanking me for all the music I gave him after school and how much that shaped who he became. What I thought was just me doubling down because I'm defensive about Tom DeLong ended up meaning a lot to both of us. We even saw Angels together on their second tour in 2008. As a defensive aside, Tom still gets a whole lot of flack for his weird alien stuff, but hey, he actually got the government to admit some weird Navy stuff was UFO, so jokes on all of you. He was right, and I was right to believe in him.
But even more than that, I've had a lot of my creative outlets feel a lot more real than they used to. I recently restarted an old collaborative relationship with one of my most beloved artistic partners, and even though our new material is very different than what we used to make, that familiarity has put our old work on my mind again. I used to feel like my ideas weren't good enough to mention or push, and that I was always part of some B-tier. But this time, I've really made an effort to express myself more openly and honestly, and I'd like to think the work is better for it. And right at the same time, I've had several people come up to me lately and tell me how important our old work was for them, and it shaped the types of songwriters and musicians they've become, adding how excited they are to hear what we do next, something I never once expected and still don't quite know how to internalize. released their first record, We Don't Need to Whisper, no one knew what to expect, and the hype was all over the place. Tom DeLonge took a huge chance with it, and I think it paid off. Angel showed he was much more capable and talented than anyone ever gave him credit for. I think there's a lot we can take from that. As long as you're willing to take that jump and do what you think is important to express yourself, who gives a shit if no one thinks you belong there? Fuck them. Take the chance. Who knows? Maybe you'll meet some aliens. And... Maybe in the future, your work will have meant a lot more to people than you ever realized, even if the only person that feels that way is you. And as long as you think you belong there, you do. I give you the incredible flying machine! 